are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was threescore cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image which that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Therefore at that time when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Wherefore at that time Certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Basically what they were saying, it's not hard for us to say what we're about to say. We don't have to think about what we're about to say. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship 
the golden image which thou hast set up. Our Heavenly Father, may I magnify you today. There's so many things this week that just confirm the message this morning. Even this morning, the thunder, the lightning, God, you're reminding us who you are. You're the mighty God. You're the creator. You are in control. God, help me today. I don't want to take away from the message this morning. I pray, dear God, remind us who you are. I pray that we disappear behind the majesty of our God. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, God of gods, Lord of lords, King of kings, Almighty God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end, the one who sets up kings and takes them down, the one who created us and spoke the world into existence just by your word. Oh God, Put us in our place. Help us to see what we really are by seeing who you are. Bless the service. May it be a message, not a sermon. May it be you talking to us. Oh, God, help us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I woke up this morning and like many of you heard, I thought it was our fan making the noise. Then I realized, well, there's flash of lightning outside. It was rolling thunder. I mean, it was loud. And uh, I was reminded of that song. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world's thy hands hath made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul. My Savior. God to thee, how great, how great thou art. And I, I pray that God will convey the message to us this morning. I looked out the window and I saw the lightning and I heard the thunder. And I was telling Brother Cooper this morning, I felt that small. I felt that small. Realize how God is so strong and mighty. I felt so small looking out the window. And realized, oh man, this is just the tip of it. 
We don't even know how powerful God really is. But once in a while he comes through and once in a while he tells us, look, don't, re- don't ever forget who I am. Don't ever forget how powerful I am. Don't ever forget who I am. I'm the creator. I'm the almighty. I'm the king of kings. And I'm the Lord of lords. Don't ever forget who I am. And God has been working in my heart for this message. In fact, I want to just go to the point, man. Let's get an invitation. I'm building it up a little bit. But in this passage, we all know what's going on here. The nation of Israel went into captivity because they sinned and rebelled against God. Nationally, uh, they, 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 they were rebellious and they, and they were full of iniquity and sin. And God says, enough is enough. I've sent my prophets. They woke up early to preach the word of God. And you did not listen. Enough is enough. You're going to captivity. God sent the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, I mean Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar came and besieged Jerusalem to conquer and put the captivity, put the people of Israel in captivity. And among these captives were Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And by the way, sometimes it may seem funny what I say, but I'm very serious this morning. I'm very serious. This is serious business today. Where we're living is right, right, right now is very serious business. We're not that far from here. From the passage we're reading, we're not that far from that. Things can change just like that. But there's hope for us this morning, amen. Because we're saved. We're going to heaven. And our God is God. Amen. And so among the captives were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, they were children with great political potential politically. They were part of the royal family. And they had very high intellectual capacity. Daniel 1.3. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princess, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. So these were not uh, these were a very capable man. The king chose them. They had somebody choose them so they can stand before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. It must have been the practice of Nebuchadnezzar to sec- seek out people of ability from the countries he conquered to help him run his uh, quickly growing kingdom. So they went through graduate school and at the end of their training were, uh, were given their final exams. And these four men were the best of the best. And were rewarded with great jobs. Verse 18 in chapter 1. Now at the end of the day, so the king had said he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. And among them was, all found, was none found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Nazariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in, his, in all his realm. So, through a series of circumstances, Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego were kept climbing the corporate ladder. I mean, at one point, Daniel was second in command. 
to keep climbing up. Daniel 2.48, Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler of all, over all the province of Babylon, the chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. It was a story of rags to riches. Yet, yes, they were still technically captives of Babylon, but we can agree they were doing very well. They were doing very well. And that's how we find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in our text this morning. The king had a bright idea. I want everybody to wear masks. Oh, no, that's, that's not what it was. I keep getting confused there. And then the king had a bright idea. Since many of my government employees are from different countries, or different customs and religions, he was going to go to promote Unity by making sure they all had the same religion. After all, he is king. He knew. <laughs> what a statement. After all, he is king. He knew what was best for the whole community. Yeah. That is a lie. Yeah. And there's nobody that's that smart. Amen. I don't care if his title is governor. You can say amen. amen. It's all right to say amen. With all due respect. I, call, I called him governor. But he's not that wise. That he would know what is best for the whole community. You know what? That's not even American. You know, American is, yes, we watch out for one another. But we also give each other the benefit of a doubt that you know what is best to do for yourself and for everybody else. Just, just because you're an elected official doesn't mean that now you know what's best for me. Hey, man. Hey man, I'm sorry, that's not even in the outline. So he had a 90-foot statue constructed and had them set up in the plain of Dura. So many people can see it. Uh, what the statue was, we don't really know. I don't think it was a figure of a man. I mean, it was a skinny statue. It was like 9 feet wide and 90 feet tall. So it was some kind of image, but it was a tall image. It was, a, it was a golden idol. It was an idol of a false religion. All was well until someone called the DA's office in Santa Clara County to report to church. Oh, there I go again. Different story. <laughs> All was well until some opportunists reported Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the king. You know, they worded their complaint to make it sound as a direct attack on the king himself. Daniel chapter 3 verse 12, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. King, I mean, this is personal, King. They're taking it out on you. It's you that they, they don't like, King. I mean, good night. Are you going to let this go, King? I mean, they said no to you. They knew exactly how, that, uh, how that, the wording will get the right reaction from the King. He was a narcissistic King. And a King like that can only react one way. Daniel 3.13, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
And uh, as we study this out, it's interesting, the subtle truths that come out glimpses into the thinking of the king. The king knew um, uh, Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego. He knew they were high, he knew them. They were high-ranking officials. By the way, they were very capable men. You know, if you were a boss and you have people like that, you start thinking twice about letting go because they're good employees. He knew that about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But he just can't believe that these three men would risk losing everything that they had. I mean, what's the harm? Just do what everybody else is doing. I mean, if everybody else is doing it, it's got to be right. I mean, good night. Why stick out like a sore thumb? I mean, what's the hurt of pretending to bow down to the idol? And so he demanded. He said, is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you did not bow down to my idol? Are you crazy? Are you guys crazy? Don't you know what you're giving up? Don't you know who I am? I am the king. Are you nuts? I mean, you're going to go against me? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? All right. You have position. You have prestige. The best comforts that Babylon can offer. You have power and authority. Are you going to give that all up? Are you crazy? We find that in verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto him, Is it true? Is it true? And so he says, okay, okay, okay. He still don't want to lose these three men. They were very good men. He says, okay, here's what I'll do. I think maybe you, uh, you, you didn't read the memo. And so I'll give you another chance. All right? I'll give you another chance. We'll play the music again. And when you hear the music, you know, go ahead and bow down. It'll be well. It'll be okay. But you know what? This is your last, last chance. Because if you don't do that, it's the fire for you. You're going in the fire. I don't think Nebuchadnezzar was too fun of the idea of losing these three men. But you know what? He has to save face. Remember, his accusation was against him. Him personally. He takes it personally. But then he takes, when he says that, he says something else at the end of it. Look in verse 15. Now if you be ready that what time you hear the sound of the, and all the musical instruments there. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst. Uh, uh, into, the, uh, into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who? Who? Is that God that shall deliver you? Out of my hands. Man, them's fighting words right there. You say, you're, you're about to lose everything. I'll give you another chance. Okay? Just like everybody else did. They heard the sound of music there. The sound of music. It's a movie like that, wasn't it? Uh, 
that was more a happy ending there. But uh, so here are all the instruments. It says, okay, here's your chance. Bow down. But if you don't, it's the furnace. And by the way, don't even think that your God is stronger than me. Ooh. Don't even think that your God is stronger than me. Reminds me of Pharaoh. Pharaoh told Moses something similar when, he asked to let, when Moses asked to let the Jewish people go. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey the, his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Notice that statement. He said, I don't know him. Guess what? By the time God was done, he knew who he was. By the time God got through with him, he knew exactly who God was. Amen. Who is the Lord? I know not the Lord. So King Nebuchadnezzar says, no, the churches are not essential. You will not meet. You will bow down to the state. And who is that God? Who, who is that God? And who is that God anyway that wants you to meet? That's exactly what he said. Who is that God? That actually commanded you to go to church. Huh. With that question still ringing in their ears. <laughs> Who is that God? Hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replies to the king. Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We are not careful to answer thee in this manner. I don't care if this offends you, king. But we don't have to think about what we're about to say. Oh, king. You can like it. You can lump it. But we're saying it. Oh, king. We're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so. He says, if it is the fire. It says, if it, okay, if it's the fire, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And then he goes, they go a little further. It says, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But don't miss this. They say, he will deliver us, we hope. Because the next line says, but if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You see, it's easy to preach about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego until you're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's easy to preach about Daniel and the den of lions until you're Daniel in the den of lions. It's easy to preach about Paul and Silas in prison until you're Paul and Silas in prison. It's, it's easy to preach about these men and ladies whom God had delivered, but they had to go through the fire. It's easy to preach about them until you're them. 
But it might be the fire. I know we don't like hearing that. But why did God put that in the Bible? Because it might be the fire. It might be the fire. But God is still able. And God can still deliver. But if not, God is still God. But if not, He was still the one that sent the thunder and the lightning this morning. But if not, He's still the one that created everything out of nothing. But if not, he's still the God who can save. He's the, he's the one who died on Calvary. He rose again and he's coming again. But if not, he's still God. Amen. But if not, he's still God. God is able, they said. And you know what? We're praying that God will deliver us. And we're believing that God will deliver us. But if not. But if not. That's what faith really is. And God is able. This is where faith begins. I mean, I can't believe Christians that cannot believe that God can do everything. You know what? God can do everything. God can do everything but fail. There's nothing too hard for God. Is there anything impossible before God? The answer is no. God can do everything. There's nothing that God can, cannot do. How were these three men able to answer the most powerful man at that time the way they did? They were not being arrogant. I, you don't see anything arrogant about these men. Nothing. They were respectful. Uh, so with Daniel, they were not being arrogant or disrespectful. Their response was said in a matter-of-fact way. They said, we're not careful to talk to you like this, O king. But if it be so, if it is the fire, God is able. We're praying that he will. But if not, you're still not my king. You see, we're not careful. We don't have to think about what we're telling you, king. Because of what you're telling us to do, I guess we're going to burn. We have to burn. God is able. There's nothing our God cannot do. Israelites tempted God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? The answer is God can. Can God divide the Red Sea so the Israelites can pass through? The answer is God can. Can God feed and clothe two million Jews in the wilderness? The answer is God can. Can God deliver the Israelites on Pharaoh's control? The answer is God can. God can turn the bitter water to clean water so that two million Jews do not die of thirst? The answer is God can. Can God turn the heart of the king so he would deal favorably with God's people? The answer is God can. Can God take care of a widow and her son in time of famine? The answer is God can. But God can, can God send rain to the land when it's not raining for three years? The answer is God can. Can God create everything by the word of his mouth? The answer is God can. Can God meet our every need? The answer is God can. Can God defeat the Goliaths that come in our lives? The answer is God can. Can God heal the broken hearts, feed the hungry, and heal the sick? The answer is God can. God can. We can ask God uh, to, to do this or that and come up with a very long list. And the answer will always be God can. God says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Above all that we ask or think. God is able. God can. By the way, that is an encouragement to so just keep on praying. 
And say, man, but if I pray that, that's too big. You know what? That, there's never too big for God. There's no prayer that's too big for God. I think we sang that this morning. There's nothing too hard for God. Amen. And God is able. So that's our first reaction. It says, you know, if it's the fire, God's able to deliver us from this. You know what? And by faith, we're believing God that he will. We're believing God for the big miracles. As big as God can. Amen. We're believing that. Well, let me tell you the truth for us today. Just because you want something doesn't mean God will give it to you. But again, we should just keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Why? You never know what God will answer. You know, if it's tied to God's promise, you know God will answer it. But you know what? God says pray without ceasing and just keep on praying. Who knows? Maybe God has God's will. Who knows? Maybe it's not God's will. But you know what? You just keep on praying and pray for the big things. Amen. Because God can do anything. God is able to do the big things. And just keep on praying and praying and leave, leave the results to God. If it's not based on promise, you know what? At least you, you, blaze up, you can base it on God's ability. You know, whatever God can do, you can ask for. Amen. God decides whether he answers it or not. God will, maybe. Maybe he won't. But let God decide that. But that should not stop us from praying big things from God. Because God can. Amen. God is able. Amen. There's nothing too challenging for God. He can do anything. So go ahead and ask him for great things. Go ahead and desire God to do the impossible. He just might answer that prayer. Amen. By the way, if it's backed by promise, you know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no doubt about that. God will answer that. If you're unsaved, you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, you put your trust in Jesus Christ and ask him to give you eternal life, he will answer that. There's no but if not on that one. That is a guaranteed promise for anyone that will receive it. God can and will give wisdom to those who ask it. We know that in James chapter 1, uh, verse 5. God can and will give us guidance for our daily lives. The Holy Spirit is our God. God can and will provide all our need. Philippians 4.19 If God promised, He will fulfill. God is able. God will. We're praying and asking God for great things. But if not, this third part of faith reveals what kind of Christian we really are. There will be times when we tell God He is able and we believe Him to do what's, uh, which, the, the thing we prayed Him to do. And He does not do it. What we do during those times shows what we really think of God. If we quit on God, I guess he was just like a genie to us. He did not come through like we thought he should have. It's not fair. Did me wrong. I needed God to answer me a certain way. He did not do it for me. I even bragged to others about God and he did not come through. That's not what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did. Put yourself in their position. They were about to lose their life, their livelihood, their possession, 
everything they had. They were about to lose them. But they said, we don't even have to think about what to say. We're not careful to reply to you this way. They had it so good. Why not just bend a little? The difference between them and some of us is that they loved God not because of what they had, but because of who God is. And that is a big difference. It's not what God does for us, but who God is. When they had nothing, by the way, at one point they had nothing. When they had nothing, God was still God. When they had everything, God was still God. Their relationship with God was not determined by their circumstances. And their worship of God did not change with adversity. God deserves total worship in the good times. And God deserves total worship in the bad times. It's not what they had, but who God is. Amen. And I think if we can capture that truth with us today and live that truth, guess what? It will transform our lives. And we will see the power of God manifested in our lives and in this church. It's not what God does for us. It's who God is. Amen. I was praying this morning. I said, God, let me not. I pray I don't get in the way. I pray I don't get in the way of your glory. It's not the messenger. It's the message. Amen. And the message is God is still God regardless of our circumstances. And you better love God. With all. Well, you know, that's the first commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. God says, that's the first commandment. And that's where the Christian life ought to start. It's loving God. But how can you say you love God when you don't read your Bible daily? But how can you say you love God when you don't pray and, and talk to God? How can you say you love God when you don't talk about Him? And how, how, how can you say you love God when you don't worship Him and adore Him? How can you say you love God when you ignore Him all, almost all week and the, the only time you think about God is church? Man, I, I, I'm not, I, I, you know, I, I ask God, I say, God, I want to be bold for you today and I'm not going to be apologizing for what I'm saying today. I want God to get the glory. If you don't like it, that's fine. But you know what? I'm telling you today, how can you love God when you don't do things for God. We don't serve God. We don't, we don't give your life to God. How can you say you love God when you're not willing to lose everything for God? They did. We, play, uh, we pay lip service to God. And by the way, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm one of those. But you know what? We're not going to go anywhere in our Christian life until we realize who God is. Amen. And regardless of what He's done for us, guess what? God is still God. Amen. And God is still the Creator. God is still the Savior. God is still the one that's number one in my life. Should be anyway. And I fall short. Amen. And so don't tell me you love God. Well, you don't even talk to God. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm being blunt. But you know what? I don't care. Amen. I don't care. You 
You take it up with God. It's between you and God. Do you walk with God? I don't know we have new Christians here, but you know what? Do something. Read your Bible. Pray. Talk to people about Jesus Christ. Amen. And adore Him and worship Him and love Him. Amen. How are you going to go through the fire if you don't even spend time adoring God and worshiping God and telling Him, Oh God, how great you are. You're not making it through the fire that way. You're going to be out of here. By the way, let me say this. You know what? If you can go to Costco and Walmart and Target during the week, you should be able to go to church. Amen. Hebrews 10, 25 is still in the Bible. Amen. Don't tell me you love God when you find every excuse not to be in church. But King Nebuchadnezzar says you can't. He might come to the point where we're going to have to say, you know what? Yeah, I know that's what King Nebuchadnezzar says, but you know what? We have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's not, you know what? That's not fun to say. That's not fun to say. How you like that? You know, you, you, you lay everything on the line and say, you know what? I don't care what it is, but you know what? How can we give up on God? How can we give up on our Savior? How can, how can we run away from the God who died for us? And that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says. You know what? A king, you may be a powerful king, but there's one power more powerful than you. And he was king long before you. And guess what? You know what? King, he made you king. He sets you up, and guess what? He's going to put you down. You say, man, that must be fun preaching that way. No, it's not. No, it's not. Especially people uh, hear that. I said, look at that, a rebel. No. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian that loves God. If they ever put a gun to my head and say, denounce Christ, I want to say, go ahead, man, shoot. Go ahead, shoot. But I'm not going to deny my God, amen. But I'm going to take your house. We're going we're gonna, to uh, we turn off your power and your water. We're going to take everything you have. You know what? I hope and pray that I'm a good enough Christian. As I said, go ahead. By the way, that's not easy to say why. I have a wife and children. If it was just me, it's a lot easier. Not when you have family. I'm so sorry if this ticks you off. But you know what? I'm not, I'm, I don't care about that right now. I'm bragging on God right now. Amen. That's why I said, God, I don't want to get in the way, God. I want your man. You know what? That's what God was telling me all this week. That's why when I woke up this morning, I said, God, I feel so small. You're so great. You're so great. Oh, if we would just get back to that. Who knows what God can do? Who knows what Red Sea would be parted? Who knows the great miracles that God is about to unleash? Somebody doesn't do it. But if not, but if not, I'm still going to love God. I'm still going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. King or no king. Mandate or no mandate. Hebrews 10, 25 is still in the Bible. Let me come to that. 
to where you really have to stand. But you're not going to stand when you're haphazard in your relationship with God. I'm sorry, that sounds harsh, but that is the truth. Did you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were godly men? The whole nation were brought into captivity. But if you read chapter 1, they feared God. So we're not going to eat the king's meat. We're not going to drink, drink uh, the king's wine. Because God told us that did not happen in captivity. That happened before. The whole nation generally was uh, under the curse. But that didn't mean that everybody was wicked. There were some righteous people. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there. You're not going to stand the fire if you don't have that relationship. They separated themselves from the world. They walked with God. They loved God more than the job, more than the possessions, more than anything they had. And they said, King, we're not careful to tell you about, about what we're about to say. A king, if it's the fire, he's still the creator. He's still our provider. He's still our savior. He's still the king of kings and lord of lords. He's still the mighty God, the everlasting father, the mighty prince. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the coming king. He is the holy one of Zion. He is the ancient of days. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. King Nebuchadnezzar, our God, was all of that and more. When we were still in Jerusalem and when we went into captivity and when we got our promotions in your kingdom, and he's still that God today. And if it be so, if it is the furnace, he's still our God. He still be all that he ever was. He's still the king of kings. Go ahead, king, with your decrees. When it comes to serving God, we don't have to think hard how to reply. God is able. God will. We'll pray for the big things because God is able. But if not, God is still God. And if you're here, you're not saved. God is able to save. God says, he'll not let anyone be cast out. You come to Christ. Put your faith in him as your only hope for heaven. God says, he'll give you eternal life as long as you trust him and only him to be your savior. That's one prayer God will always answer. God can save you, anyone. And God will save you if you would only ask. And to us Christians, what if it's the fire? Is God still God? I hope so. How do we know God is still God? How is he today? Is he really your God today when there's still no fire? You can't be your God in the fire if he's not your God now. Let's start today. Our God 
is the greatest God. In fact, he is the only God. Our God is most powerful, almighty. Our God is the only Savior. And our God deserves our total devotion. We have that. Guess what? We won't be careful about answering the King. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.